Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's a.k.a. Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So happy to be bringing Read My Lips Radio to the Voice America Variety Channel. Many of you know my voice from the business channel, but we're not going to use that name. So I'm just going to be AKA Radio Red. Talking to creatives, people who, as the gentleman said, that's the voice of Ryan Treasure, VP of, I call him VP of everything at World Talk Radio, Voice America, and my co-producer on some of my business shows. As he said, I talk to interesting people who don't just say, oh, I think creatively, I do creative stuff. They are creative. They think out of the box. They're poets and artists, photographers. They're movie directors. They're script writers. They're hosts. They're creators of companies and innovative technology. And they're really, really cool people. I have two guests with me today. We (laughs) may get a drop in of a third guest. I'm not sure. Uh, We're waiting for her. Anyway, let me tell you who my two guests are who are on the show with me and we're recording we're recording the audio and the video. I'm going to welcome in a few minutes Robin C. Adams. He's a 30-year cameraman and producer on, well, I'm going to name drop here, CNN, Fox TV, NBC Universal, NHK Japan. And he's produced and directed documentaries and music entertainment projects. And he's going to, he has worked with James Taylor, Kiss, Christina Aguilera, Pink, James Brown. The list would take the whole show. Also welcoming his colleague, uh, he's smiling, multimedia Emmy winning, Emmy award winning Frank Fernandez. He's a member of the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. He's a producer and programming executive. He created and produced NBC Universal Entertainment's first digital music series. Some of you may know the scene at Gibson. And the big news is that five years ago, probably seems like just yesterday, to them, Robin and Frank collaborated and co-founded the Footwork Footprint Network. It's Footprint.tv Network, an OTT entertainment network, and they're going to talk to us in a few minutes about what this means, where you can find it, what kinds of shows, why they're doing it, how they're doing it, and what's in it for all of us. So welcome, and I have some shout-outs. We always do a shout-out to our most loyal listener, LLL, lovely lanky Laura Legs in Long Island. It's Whitestone, but you'll all forgive me if I say it's Long Island. Um, This today is Monday, June 1st, 2020. And it is the 152nd day of the Gregorian calendar. It's a leap year, so it's the 153rd day. We have 213 days left to the end of 2020, and that means if you want something special to drink on New Year's Eve, as soon as the liquor stores reopen, go get it, because everybody's going to want to be celebrating the end of 2020. I'm telling you, all the good stuff's going to be off the shelves really, really soon. And we always do a shout-out to thank Greg, Gregory, Gregorian, whatever his mother called him. That's what we want to say, Gregory. We love your calendar. Thank you very much. A couple of famous birthdays before I start. We have some very well-known names here. Happy birthday, Morgan Freeman. Frank and Robin, why don't you clap and say happy birthday, Morgan Freeman, with me. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Morgan Morgan Freeman. Freeman. There we go. Cleavon Little, who passed away in 92. He played Sheriff Bart in the Mel Brooks movie Blazing Saddles. He was born today in 39. Rene Aubergenois. I had to practice that one for 10 minutes to get out my old French book. He was an actor on Boston Legal, Benson, and he ended up doing voiceovers for video games. Linda Scott. Do you remember, Frank and uh, Robin, do you remember what Linda Scott's saying? She's still around, born in 45. 
I'm, I'm hesitating. Frank, you're the music expert. What did Linda Scott? What did Linda Scott sing? I have no idea. Okay. I, I, told, I told every little star just how sweet I think you are. Are you too, too young to even know that? Well, I probably wasn't born then. So oh, I, okay. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Well, that's what Linda Scott, that's what Linda's, and I think we have Marie Pisano. Marie, will introduce you in a minute. Jonathan Price, very well-known Welsh actor, very distinguished. Terry Polo. Anybody remember who Terry Polo played in the movies? Anybody? She's still around. American actress. Do you remember Meet the Parents? What about the wife? She played Pam Burns in Meet the Parents. I said it very quietly. This is not an X-rated. How about Heidi Heidi Klum? Heidi Klum was born today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Heidi Klum. First German model to become a Victoria's Secret angel, and we all love her on America's Got Talent and everywhere else. Alanis Morissette, born today in 74. Brandy Carlisle, born in 1981. And Amy Schumer. She could be Brandy Carlisle's sister. They were both born in 1981. That sounds odd. Schumer went to high school, my high school. Amy Schumer? Yeah, Amy Schumer. I played soccer with her dad. Really? Very, very interesting. Well, happy birthday, Amy Schumer. Marie Pisano, are you with us? You want to say hello? Hello, can you hear me? We sure can. You want to turn on your video camera? I'm recording video today, Marie. We'd love to see Well, you. my video is not working. Oh, Marie, call back on your, uh, come back on Zoom on your phone if you want to. We can do I you am on my phone. You are your phone. Okay, <laughs> we'll forgive you. We'll just have the voice. Marie Pisano okay. is a previous guest on Read My Lips Radio, and Marie is the founder and CEO of the entertainment company MV. P3media.com, and she's the author of From Barefoot to Stilettos, It's Not for Sissies. It wasn't then when you wrote it, and it isn't now, Marie. And her character, her persona in the book, who she is, inspired the comic book character Stiletto, the powerhouse baroness. Did I say that right, Marie? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Nice to see you, Marie. Nice to hear from you again. So let's go around the table. I would like you each to tell a bit about your backgrounds. Uh, Let's start with Marie because she's the one who connected with me. Marie, so why don't you just take, we're going to not make this into a a long bio. Why don't you take about two minutes? Uh, Your bio, by the way, was about 18 and a half pages on your website and I had to (laughs) condense it. So I'll tell you what, because because I can't spend three days condensing bios, I'm now going to send all my future guests a jot form where the bio truncates at 999 characters, which is the size <laughs> of the guest directory. So, uh, Marie, I wrote a very short bio. So, Marie, my dear Marie Pisano, welcome back on Read My Lips Radio. We're on a brand new channel. I'm so happy to have you here as one of my first guests on my move to Voice America Variety. Marie, why don't you update us on what you've been up to since I spoke last with you? Go ahead, Marie Pisano. Well, since we last spoke, um, I did, let's see, two other movies and wrote another book that is now on Amazon on ebook and Kindle. We haven't released the paperback or hard book to it yet, but it's the sequel to From Barefoot to Stilettos. It's not for sissies, but this one is From Barefoot to Stilettos, Finding My Yes. Um, And from there, um, basically started working with these two lovely guests with us today, um, Frank and Robin on Footprint Network. And I have my own channel there, which we are um, producing miniseries on Finding My S TV show and um, a new empowerment um, for women TV series coming up and uh, Finding My Yes with Mind, Body and Soul. Marie, do you ever sleep? Question number one. 
I do. But you know what? You know, you should ask these guys, too. I don't think they ever sleep. I will. I will. But ladies first, I've got you. And Marie, second question is, do you do you if you have breakfast, is it a power breakfast? What do you do to fuel you? And I have one more question after that. And then we're going to introduce Robin. What do you have for breakfast? What do you recommend for people on the go on the move like you? Well, I mean, honestly, for breakfast this morning, I well, I make this lemon and cucumber water that I drink at night and in the morning, and I either have oatmeal um, or I do a hot water honey and lime with uh, some toast and cinnamon. And I usually sometimes right after that, about an after um, thought <laughs> is having a smoothie with um, some vanilla protein in it. So there you go. <laughs> Sounds interesting. I have one more question. Marie, most people today are talking about what is your why, W-H-Y? What is your why? Why do you exist? What's your purpose? What were you meant to do? And you say finding your yes. Yes. How did you decide to pick the word yes when everybody is saying what's your why? What does yes mean to you? Well, my yes is different than everybody else's yes, but it's finding Um, what resonates with me, what makes me happy, you know, what clicks with my mind, body and soul. And, you know, no matter what, you know, this world is always telling us no. And I don't need to answer why. Um, I need to just answer for myself and find that yes, each day, no matter what comes, you know, my way, um, life throws you curveballs every day. um, And you, you have a choice, you could either rise up and do something about it or play the victim. And I choose to go find that yes. Thank you, Marie. I know that was the theme of your first book, From Barefoot to Stilettos. No more victim for Marie Pisano. She's coming out, blasting out, and going to be her own person. And obviously, you've done a, a wealth of interesting creative things. You're here as my creative, Marie. That's why I'm so happy to have you. And I have to tell a disclaimer to everybody. Marie contacted me by email a couple of weeks ago and said, Bonnie, I have a new book. I'd love to come back on your show. And I said, I'm not doing any, this is my life, this is my story books. I said, what have you got for me in terms of, let's talk about the creative lifestyle. And she said, well, I happen to know Robin and Frank from Footprint <laughs> Network. And I said, okay, we got a show, lady. And it was that simple. And here we are. Marie, thank you for the introductions. Robin, sure. the Adams, you're up next. Robin, I did a very brief bio for you. Obviously dropped a lot of names. You've, been, you've worked with so many incredible people and you are incredible yourself. So why don't you give me your version of who you are and what's your yes, Robin? Well, my yes, well, uh, you want me to start from the end? Uh, you know, I'll start from the beginning, then we'll get to the yes. Um, I'll give you the short version of the long story. I knew what I wanted to do when I was 13 years old. I had a very strong passion for photography, filmmaking. And when I say filmmaking, I mean super eight millimeter filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I made films with my friends and family, whoever I could drag into my little productions. But I definitely knew that's what I wanted to do. And I was really passionately obsessed. Fast forward to high school, I studied electrical engineering for broadcast television. And that was interesting because I learned the inner workings, the technology of television. And then the school had a full-blown TV studio. And I got to take my creative passions, which I had been honing before high school, and apply them in the TV studio environment. Then there was this place called CNN that mm-hmm. I heard of until I saw it on the news. And I said, I'm working at CNN. And I called them up 
Now, this is in my last year of high school. Call them up. And I said, do you have any openings for engineers, you know, technical people? And they said, well, we don't have any openings, but we have an internship program. Are you going to college? Well, I was going to college, but, you know, at age 17, I wanted to do both equally. Um, they said, well, come in and talk. And I went in and I spoke. And the director of operations said, well, um, I know the guy at Brooklyn College, which is where I was going to be going. And I can give him a call because he sets up the internships. Long story short, he did it. I started that summer. So right out of high school, I was interning at CNN through the fall when I started my um, uh, first year in college. And at the end of that year, CNN, and then the internship was over, CNN said to me, would I be interested in working in the studio as a technical person um, for pay, for freelance from four to midnight, Monday to Friday? And I said, yes. So while I was in college for four years, I was working at CNN in the studio. I did everything. I did camera. I did audio. I did lighting. I did whatever they had technical. And that was one of the greatest experiences I could have ever had. Even though I majored in television and communications in college, it taught me nothing <laughs> I learned at CNN. It was night and day. Um, so upon graduating college, CNN was expanding. They were moving. They were growing. And they said, would you be interested in a full-time job as a camera and audio person? And I said, of course. And so I went straight from college to CNN as a cameraman and a live truck microwave engineer. And I did that full-time for four years. Every year I was there, I was sending a resume to ABC and NBC because I wanted to work for one of them. So between my four years, um, right after high school, during college, and my four years having worked staff, um, I finally fulfilled the network's requirements, which was a minimum of seven years experience. And so I got a call from WNBC, um, year eight at CNN. And they said, come in for an interview. I went in. I knew I got the job. I just felt it. Then a couple of hours later, they left me a voicemail saying, um, if you're interested, um, call us back. Um, we'd love to hire you. And so they did. That became a 23-year journey at NBC starting at local, and then the following year, because I really wanted to move into the big time of network, moved into network, where through my days, I met Frank Fernandez. Um, he was part of the scheduling team that scheduled the camera crews. They called them TOPS, T-O, technical operations. Mm -hmm. And so that's where Frank and I first met. And that became, you know, a 23-year friendship at NBC. I left NBC 23 years later, which in uh, this case would be 2011. And after leaving, I'd freelanced a number of places. I was, I was doing everything I could. So I was working with Japanese television, German television, Chinese TV, anything. I started my own production company while I was in college. So I really had this passion. And two years after, three years after leaving NBC, um, through a mutual contact. This was a guy who was an assignment desk editor at CNN um, when I first started. He was living in Atlanta, and he said, hey, there's this tech company. He found me on LinkedIn. Um, I see you're doing this media stuff. 
they're looking to build a multi-channel network. If you're interested, I could connect you. And I said, of course. Then Frank had just done the Olympics after leaving NBC freelance, came back almost a year later and said, hey, what's going on? I said, I got this interesting offer to build, you know, to create design um, a multi-channel media network for this tech company in Atlanta. They had all the technology. We had the broadcast TV experience. And so Frank and I took the call, spoke to the CEO. Um, fast forward, long story short, we called all of our filmmaker, creative producer friends and said, hey, you want a channel? It costs you nothing. All you need is content. We built 30 channels on the network and that became Footprint Network. Um, we launched that, that was January, we, January 2015, we launched the network in April 2015, and it still didn't have a name. And I said, guys, by the way, you know, we're launching, we don't have a name. So everybody was throwing their uh, ideas in the hat. What about this? What about this? What about this? And then Frank called me because he had an epiphany at 4 a.m. And he said, this is a stupid idea, but let me explain to you um, the idea I have about the name. So now I'm going to toss it to Frank who can uh, take it from there. And, you know, his background is Emmys and footprint network. Thank you, so, Robin. I'm going to put the, put the video on Frank. Now, Frank Fernandez, welcome. And, and when you're done with your part of the story, I'm going to ask Robin if you ever sleep and what you have for breakfast. I have to know, because that's part of our creative, how you all live differently than the rest of us. Frank Fernandez, welcome. Talk to me. Well, first of all, since I've met Marie, I don't sleep at all. So, <laughs> that, I mean, literally, we, we just literally got off the phone, either Robert or myself or either on the phone with her. I mean, I, I feel like I spent the weekend at Marie's house all weekend. <laughs> um, but so to finish Robin's story. So here I am. I left NBC in 2010 and moved out to the Hamptons. So I'm in the Hamptons and we, you know, we're full steam ahead and everybody's, you know, we're doing this with footprint, this, 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 this. And Robin calls up in the middle of the meeting and says, Hey, we don't have a name. What are we going to call this? We have to call it something. We just can't call it. I think we had some generic name. It was just called the thing or something. And it was like, Hey, we're launching on Monday. We can't call this the thing. The thing. So, so everybody said, okay, let's give it the weekend. So I'm at the beach the next morning, very early in the morning, and I'm watching this woman and her two little girls stepping into the sand. And behind it, the ocean was, was, the ocean was washing over their footprints. So I called up Robin, and knowing he'd be awake, and I said, hey, this is a dumb idea, but what if we call this footprint? And I came up with some tagline and Robin goes, no, the ocean has no boundaries. And that's how footprint.tv, no boundaries became footprint.tv. And we immediately, as we always do, we run to the house. We usually collaborate with napkins. So we'll pass napkins, we'll draw things up. So at a bar. At a bar, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's like the network, the network thing. So we would go out to lunch and then all of a sudden, we'd pass napkins back and forth to each other, which would end up being storyboards. And that's how Robin and I, long distance, me from the Hamptons, Robin in New York City, 
we were tossing napkins back and forth with ideas the rest of the day. By 12 o'clock that day, Robin had come up with a, a complete graphics package to launch the network. And, you know, he's sending it back to me. I'm like, why don't you do it? And I'm drawing little stick figures to Robin because I can't draw. Sending it back, goes, well, no, the footprint needs to go like this. And, and you know, he, I'm sending it back to him. And he's coming back like, does it look like this? So if you go on footprint, you actually see the graphic from day one that Robin came up with from, based on our ideas, you know, it, it sounds three hours away from like each other. You're all open to ideas. You're open to energy. We're getting some feedback here on somebody's line. You're, you're all open to moving in different directions. Uh, let me ask you first, Robin, do you consider yourself a, what I call a creative, a person who thinks outside the box all the time, who is just open and free to say, maybe I should try this. Yes, I'd like to try that. How, how do you see that fitting into who you are right now and who you were 23 years ago? I would say absolutely. In fact, when I look back on my life as a kid, I didn't realize it then, but um, I was fearless. I had lots of creative ideas. Um, so many, they filled my head and I would just doodle in my notebooks at school and just sketch full blown out, you know, pictures of film and TV sets and the director's chair. And that's where I was going to be. I guess I was manifesting it at the time. Um, but I didn't have any confidence. You know, I, I said, okay, these are my ideas, but I didn't have confidence that these things could be real. They were just in my head until an art teacher in college named William B. Williams, um, helped me find my voice by, in the class, he gave us all, he put some junk on the table and he said, I want everybody to sketch this using the techniques we learned. I don't care what you do, everybody, there's no right and wrong. Just sketch it the way you want. But the only requirement is you use the techniques that we learn. So he's walking around the tables and he's coming to everybody and he's looking. And when he got to me, he said, well, that's not quite the sketch pattern I wanted. Um, I was doing my own thing. I wasn't using the, because I just felt a different thing. And he said, well, that's not quite. And, you know, I felt kind of dejected. He said, no, 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 no. Why don't you keep doing it? I like what you're doing. And then he described it. He said, this is more of a, like, romantic. He, he, he ascribed it to a period of art in history. And at that moment, he validated, you know, everything that was in my head since I was a little kid coming up with ideas. And so moving through CNN and, you know, adopting techniques that I found creative, um, nothing, there were no boundaries for me. Um, funny enough, that's the slogan for Footprint. But I would just come up with ideas. I would do things. And because there were no boundaries, I learned everything equally as well. So I learned sound, cinematography, editing. I taught myself editing. I was doing it all. When I was at CNN as a cameraman, I was using lighting techniques that I would come up with that I realized nobody else was doing. Certain producers would kind of get freaked out and go, hey, do you think this is going to work? I go, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> and this has been my attitude, you know, since then. Um, I've realized that when I just listen to my gut and decide this is what's going to be, um, that becomes my mantra. I tell people all the time, I say, learn to trust your gut. You know, 
animals, four-legged or otherwise, they trust their gut or instinct all the time. They don't mm-hmm. question. They don't second guess. When we second guess our instinct, that's when we drive the car off the road. But when we learn to trust our instinct, which I've learned to do, um, I find that the greatest things happen each time. And so that's what, you know, it's, it's you know, you hear the saying, it says, just say yes and do it and, and mm-hmm. worry about it later. Well, that's how, <laughs> that's how Footprint came Robin, would you say that not just being fearless and you found your confidence, but finding your voice, would you say that was just be art? Let me add another word. Curious, curious. I'm curious. Can I create new ways to run a camera? I'm curious. Can I develop my own network with my good friend, Frank? I'm curious. Is the power of our friendship and our collaboration strong enough to take on this exciting new task? Do you think curiosity was part of your fearlessness. Frank, I'm going to ask you the same exact questions and then Marie, you're after that. So do do you think that curiosity, um, wonder what if that question, I wonder what if I do, and you said animals just go ahead and follow their instincts. Well, we're a little more complicated than that. So does the word curiosity play a a role in your creative persona? Absolutely. I I was a geeky kid and I would experiment with things. And I had this airplane that had flashing lights that I was, my mother bought for Christmas. And it would just roll around and stop and the door would open and stairs would come out and a flight attendant would be at the top of the stairs. And my curiosity said to me, what would happen if I rewired this airplane (laughs) and plugged it in the wall? Could it fly? Now, this was just my imagination saying that. I was so excited. I got home from school and I did it. I rewired it, plugged it in the wall, and I heard this sound go It was smoke and it it didn't fly. But that's always been me, you know, trying the new thing. Even to this day, you know, with channels I've created for Footprint, with coming up with creative ideas. The beautiful thing about Footprint um, for Frank and I is we created our own channels so we could have an outlet to just do what we wanted. Mm -hmm. Calling upstairs to the legal department. There was no asking a supervisor. We come up with an idea and then we just do it. Oh, what would it be like if, so- and then we just do it. Um, so we're like kids in a candy store pretty much all the time. I want to get the other kid in the candy store on. Frank Fernandez, it's your turn. What about boundlessness, fearlessness, creativity, curiosity? Well, How do these I'm play more, in for you? I'm more on the other side of that equation. I'm more like my attitude, my, my job at NBC as a producer, I saw it as I provide the sand so that the artists can build the castles. That's how I always looked at my role. That's the way it was at NBC for 20 something years. So guys like Robin would come to me and say, well, I got an idea. And then I would just basically, I'm, I was their crack. So I, I, I like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. He's the godfather. Yeah. You put him in I the pipe just, and smoke it in there. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> <laughs> I would just basically open up the road to insanity for their insanity. And, you know, I mean, you know, look, we come, Robin background and mine are different, but the same. We both come from live television. That's our background. So you have to be a little beyond fearless you have to be psycho almost because here you go when you go on the air live as you know i know live super bowl there's no re there's no rewinding or editing it's all live it goes out 
So you have to make air. So we are from that background where it's like, okay, here we go. And there's no looking back because we're alive. So when I was producing live music at NBC, it's like, if you don't hit the, if you don't hit the E chord, well, guess what? You better, the band better be able to react to the G. So, um, you know, so I mean, fearless is not a word that we use because honestly, we don't know any better. Um, I've never really, I've never had, <laughs> I never even thought about until I got into the entertainment industry on the NBC side, I never even thought about like pre-tape. What is that? Pre-tape to me was like a meeting. You know, we, we have a pre-production and then we go live. There we go. You know, so, um, yeah, I guess we're like insane or fearless if you want to call us, but you know, it's a great background to have because now that we're with footprints, like Robin said, you know, I'll call up Robin's like, Hey, I got an idea. What do you think about Café con Leche? We put this white woman and this Puerto Rican guy together and they just like play the opposites. So Café is Willie uh, background. It's a comedian, Puerto Rican comedian. And then Leche is Ashley North from Orange is a New Black. And, and you know, basically, you know, you got two cultures. Ashley's a Cherokee. And then you got Willie from the South Bronx. So you got... And then we just come up with skits for them, um, you know, like bar crawl. We I had no idea. Wrote a skit recently with Willie, and we were going to do Ashley North's birthday bar crawl. I had no idea that Willie Willie had no idea what a bar crawl was. <laughs> says, Dude, we only crawl in the Bronx. We don't bar crawl. So when he shows up there, he starts showing me crawl moves on the concrete in, in Queens. No. no. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? What's that? I'm, I'm crawling. Aren't we going on a pump crawl? I said, no, we don't crawl on the ground in New York City. <laughs> and he goes, but isn't that what a pump crawl is? He honestly, innocently, he had no idea what a pump crawl was. So we don't pump crawl in, bro- in the bro. Frank, I'm glad you didn't tell him it was a, it was a bar hop. He might have been doing it. <laughs> oh, exactly. Kangaroo so dance whole, all over Manhattan. <laughs> so, yeah. so the whole so the whole gag turned into like social distancing. So Willie was crawling, so he was always across the parkway from the bar was. And that was a social distancing of the skit. And we did three, because jokes are in three. And sure. they the joke just evolved as Willie's like screaming from across the street, hey, can you get me a margarita? Right. And the bartender saying, I don't understand. Why doesn't he just cross the street? Because because mm-hmm. I'm not allowed social distancing. There you go. The world has changed. I want to get Marie in on this conversation. Marie, the words <laughs> boundless, fearless, confidence, uh, not afraid of anything. How does that apply? I know you weren't always the way you are now because you had an interesting background growing up in the tough south side of Chicago. There's a song about that. You were in a motorcycle accident. You were a trophy wife and that didn't go so well for you. So um, when did you decide to find your yes, your why, your who I am and I'm going to go out and be a maven in the entertainment industry? Was there an epiphany one day? Well, honestly, my mom said I came out um, kicking ass anyway, if I could say that. (laughs) You can. (laughs) But uh, 
Um, well, the epiphany, I mean, there's all different types of moments, milestones, I believe, in everyone's life. And, you know, um, I mean, just one of them, you know, going back to my accident when I was 18 years old, um, that, you know, it was a near-death experience, 280 stitches, uh, came very close to the main artery. I, I should have been dead, actually, bled to death, but... Um, it's one of those moments that, you know, at that time I knew something was about to happen and I just said, God, please let me live. And the minute, um, I hit the ground from it, I got up and I started running towards, um, my boyfriend at the time. And, you know, I've always been a go-getter. I always been fearless, I guess, maybe because of my mother. <laughs> I should say yes, because my mother and my grandfather, all my family's military. Um, there is no nose. I mean, I, I've never known anything. But the one time, or the one time I've ever, I guess you could say, really fallen, um, you know, you have to get back up after something like that when you're um, when you're 18 and you think you're, you're, you're invincible basically, and mm -hmm. you have to find it within you. Um, you know, at that moment, I felt like in that movie, Tom Cruise, when he lost his legs and he comes back home and he says, mom, who's going to love me? Um, that was one of those moments, but I picked myself back up. I don't know how truly, but I did have a friend that, um, called me and said, this is not you you better get your butt up. And that was basically how we just, our, you know, whole uh, motivation back in the South side of Chicago, but coming here to Memphis, um, it did kick my behind. Um, it's like, you, you know, it, I tell this gracefully in a way and, and with, um, with no disrespect, but when you come from Chicago, multicultural, Cultured. I grew up in an African-American community, um, a mixture of Italians, Polish, Jewish, you know, everything. And you come to Memphis, Tennessee, and I knew nothing of um, really the good old boy or anybody telling me no. And I was pretty much put in a box. And women you know, weren't, uh, they were mo mostly who I was around, the trophy wives. And um, when I decided to say enough is enough because I didn't want to be controlled, not by a husband, not by anyone, and I wanted to start my own company, um, the attacks came. And because I was different and I was, you know, the husbands around that w of my friends, they didn't like it because they wanted nobody to inspire you know, their wives to go find their yes. You know, they were happy being in this box, going to church and doing their thing. It was kind of like footloose. You know, Kevin Bacon, you mm -hmm. know, um, goes into town and, you know, there's nowhere to dance. And, um, or I like to say, um, like Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny, you know, um, mm -hmm. it, it's mm -hmm. just, it, you know, it's a different, you know, thing, but I, I took a couple of hits here. My um, company was going under um, because people stole ideas. Um, I had men that, you know, saw who my connections were and my worth of network and pretty much did everything almost to take it all away from me. And 
um, create a new co. And when that was happening, my world was crashing. And for whatever reason, um, the God in the universe, you know, decided, um, I, I say God played a joke on me that day and he put Morgan Freeman in my life. And Morgan and I, and I think I told you this, Bonnie, him and I were on a golf course here in Memphis and through mutual friends. And him and I had our, our moment together, you know, sitting um, on a golf course. And he was telling me his story, his war story. And I have this scar on my leg that's shaped like a T. And he told me about his accident that he got into and, you know, his arm doesn't work very well. And you'll see in some of his movies, he wears a glove now. And um, we were just like two kindred spirits talking. And and I was pretty much telling him that I was almost defeated and I didn't understand life. And there was no way I didn't know what I was going to do. Kind of lost my faith. Much. And he says to me, Marie everything happens for a reason. And I was looking at Maury and I said, I don't know, you know, what, you know, he goes, I said, I don't know what God or the universe is thinking. And I looked, I just happened to look down on my leg and there's a T and I said, what is this T for Tennessee? Cause I felt like just stuck here in like the twilight zone, you know? And he said, no, Marie, that's T for tough. And the moment he said those words, because, you know, Morgan Freeman is like the voice of God. And yes, it's his birthday today. Yes, it is. I announced that. <laughs> and I already beginning. wished him a happy birthday. And he said, no, Marie, that's T for tough. And the minute he said that, it was like, you know, that moment in Rocky Balboa, you know, you get hit and it's like, nope. Dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun. I, I got up and I was like, yes, I am tough. And man, I'm going back out and I'm going to go find my yes. And how I met these two, you know, crazy lunatic geniuses, you know, <laughs> um, I, um, I happened to see this footprint network, you know, and you talk about moments because right before, you know, after Morgan Freeman, there's a whole story with Jack Canfield and, you know, Jack is about law of attraction mm -hmm. and all of that. And it's just so ironic when they tell you, no, I'm telling you that don't accept it. It doesn't mean nothing because little old me from Morgan Freeman, the Jack Canfield, the Kenny Loggins to on tour with Bon Jovi and everything that I've done. There's like no way I would have ever imagined coming from the South side of Chicago that I could have done all this. And it's because of, you know, um, the law of attraction or, you know, going out there and finding your yes. Jack calls me the best asker because <laughs> I will go ask and I will, I'm fearless and I will go kick down any door. And if you tell me no, I'm like, sorry, I'm going to hurdle over you and I will go find my yes. Well, Robin happened to post about footprint network and I was like, huh, well, I want content on some channel. And I was like, I was getting tired of hearing somebody say, no, we're not looking for this or whatever. So I reached out to Robin and I told them a little bit about my background, my story. I told him about my book and my brand from Barefoot to Stilettos. And I said to him, I'm stomping ground making footprints to find my yes. And he said, beautiful or elegantly said or something like that. And from there, um, we just made this connection and I just knew it's like one of those things you just, you know, I had to contact him and, 
you know, here we are now, you know. Well, Marie, I can't thank you enough for the introduction to these two crazy people. Yeah. I don't know them well enough to call them crazy. I'm going to go well, back. Well, they just said they were crazy lunatics, I so I'm know. just following along with them. You I have know. to be crazy to be in the entertainment business. So so let's Dances. talk about that a little bit. Uh, do you think that everybody in the entertainment business to be successful needs to be crazy and boundless and confident and willing to do almost anything? Uh, let me start with you, Robin, briefly, and then we'll go to Frank. The people you meet who are successful, what, what's in their DNA? What makes them that type of think outside the box or act outside the box or sing outside the box? What, what is that, the je ne sais quoi? What is that something that makes them special, Robin? People use the term crazy because... It doesn't conform to their comfort zone of things. Mm-hmm. You know, we say crazy, not insane asylum wise. Sure. Crazy. When we decide, you know, for example, like when, when Frank and I, Frank and I talked about, yeah, you know, we go to a bar, sit down, scribble something on a napkin, and then just go out and do it. Now we have experience, you know, thirty plus years experience in this industry, so, you know. I said to him, look, if we can't get this done, we just should quit now if we can't just do this because was it going to take another 30 years to get these things done? Um, But the people that we meet and the people that we gravitate toward, and it's one of these things that, you know, it's not a job interview. We don't interview and audition people. It's that you gravitate toward people who are the same way because it's this energy that, you know, it's, it's like, boundless and the most successful people I find are willing to take risks. They're not afraid to take risks to take risks. You cannot be fearful of anything. I would always say this even before I really knew it. I would say I'm not fearful of anything. And I guess I got that from my father. You know, he was in the military um, and he was a fighter and, and, you know, he wanted to go fight in the Korean War, but the day after his basic training, the war was over. Mm-hmm. And I think it tormented him throughout his life, rest his soul. He wanted to get out there and just fight. So he instilled the fight and what you need to do to be successful in <coughs> boys, which is myself and, you know, two brothers. And just the, I call it fearlessness. And I, it's, it's the same thing. It's not being afraid to just take a chance, not being afraid to just do anything. You just go and do it. Risk accepting rather than risk averse. I like that very, very yes. much. Frank Fernandez, let's get you on your thoughts about risk. But Frank, I'd like you to tell our listeners, how do people get their content on footprint.tv? How do they, how do they reach you? How do they say, Hey, Frank and Robin and Marie, I have a great show and I think it belongs on one of your channels. How's that process? How do you find people? How do they find you, Frank? Well, I mean, well, unlike my days at NBC where you couldn't really take anybody a conversation with anyone about projects, we are open to that. We're open for business all the time. I mean, we run into people all the time. I mean, our, we started this with the simple mantra. It's got to look good and sound great. And that's it. I mean, we're open to any content whatsoever, as long as it looks good and sounds great. Because after all, it's our names attached to the channels. Um, so, you know, you can find us easily. I mean, you could just go on Footprint. All our information right on, just right on the, the, the actual, uh, you know, the, the whole 
platform. What are you looking for though? What are you, what are you missing in your you look lineup? for anything that looks good and sounds great? Give me an idea. You're looking for comedy. You're looking for science. You're looking yeah, for If you go on stuff. there, well, if you go on there, Red, you'll see that we have everything on I, there. I did. And I saw some people I know from Long Island on there. I saw some of yeah. the shows. You know who I saw. Yeah, like me and Robin. It's, it's, it's an entertainment <laughs> network. So, you know, you know this is a vetting, this is a vetting we have sports process. On there. We have sports. The only thing we don't have is news. So, so tell me, Robin, tell me about that vetting process. How does it work? Vetting process is um, the one thing that Frank and I have maintained because this is, you know, we worked at one of the biggest TV networks for over 30 years, is quality. I, I also co-founded the Williamsburg International Film Festival 12 years ago. Um, as an event-based thing, it's now digital and online. But one of the, I was the biggest stickler for quality. One of the biggest problems with content is sound because content creators don't pay attention to sound. So, you know, they pay attention to the script and the story and, you know, maybe they get a good DP for lighting. So it looks good. Maybe the acting's good. But the sound sounds like everybody was 30 miles away. Or in the subway. Yeah, or in the subway because nobody thought about... So we could see something that looks great, is great acting, but if the sound sounds horrible, we're going to reject it. So technical quality has got to be number one. It's a must because we're not YouTube. You know, YouTube, you see it all. Mm -hmm. But we maintain a very high standard because of our background and where we come from. There's a lot of great content out there. We've met a lot of talented, super talented content creators who understand it all. Sound, picture, you got to have a good script. You got to have good talent. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money because in this day and age, especially with technology and people wanting to do things, you could make anything for almost zero. We've done it. So it's just got to look good and the the quality has got to be there. We're not telling people it's got to look like Hollywood, Mm -hmm. but it can't be echoey sound. And, you know, if you can't see the picture when you're supposed to see the picture or it's out of focus, that's a problem. Robin, are people making this content on their phones, on their tablets? Are they, are they, are you looking for series? Are you looking for somebody who says, I have an idea for a pilot and then they can't come up with anything else for six months later? Me, what are you looking for? This one for Frank, you. go ahead. Because this weekend, we shot Ashley North's birthday on an iPhone. I mean, that, that crawl we were talking about, we were speaking about, that was shot on an iPhone and edited off an iPhone. So, I mean, like Robin said, High quality equipment is readily available, and most people have it. I mean, and that's just, just an example. That's and that that's cafe con leche. A lot of that, you know, a lot of that is Robin directing it. But also, when Robin's not available, I go out and shoot it on an iPhone. Now, and then we, are you the series are great because you know, the, you know, the more content, the better. So if somebody has a short film, for example, or a feature, yeah, if it looks good and it's well done. Excuse me while I sit here in the dark and turn on my... <laughs> um, I have a channel called the Willie Fest channel, which I've used specifically okay. to give opportunities and showcase if you only got one thing or if you have a, a little mini series that's three episodes. We love episodic stuff, web series. If you've got two seasons, three seasons, all the better because it is a content distribution network. Um, but once we look at it, like we don't present anything to because it comes to us then 
it's got to go past, you know, the technology side, the CEO of, because um, Footprint was purchased from us a year after mm-hmm. the uh, created. You want to talk about that company for a minute, Robin? It's called Indavo Media. It is mm-hmm. a technology company that um, we reached out to when we heard they were looking to build this thing. So uh, a year after we, a year into the process after launching Footprint, they loved where it was going. And the CEO said, well, hey, guys, can we buy this from you? We'd really love to own it. And we said, sure. We were surprised because we, we didn't do it as a business thing. We, this was just something so new. Um, he said, but we want to hire you guys, you know, on, on, a, on a consultant, monthly consultant basis to help us build and grow this thing. So we did that. Fast forwarding to 2019, last summer, um, tech company in Davo and Footprint was acquired by Ozzy Aru, the former um, president of Tyler Perry Studios, who bought Tyler's, you know, former studio. So our parent company is now Aru Brothers Studios. So we're back in, we're back in the Hollywood game. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we saw that as great leverage for content creators because... Now we have a direct pipeline to a major film, television, and what will be digital and music um, studio um, through Aru Brothers. So we just see it as a great opportunity. So for some people, it's not about money. They want something different than YouTube. They want a professionally curated experience. This is what we provide. Now, we're not guaranteeing anybody. If you get a channel, sure, you'll have you know, a connection to the studio, but one example, come full circle, is Marie Pisano, um, mm-hmm. a serious filmmaker with several projects under her belt with more to come, and bringing that and, and financial resources to make it happen, she just was looking for a good place to do it. And we said, well, it just made sense. So we brought the two entities together. And I said to Marie um, prior to that, I said, you know, you need to have a channel on Footprint Network. You've got all this content that you, you know, forget about YouTube. Put it here. Have a channel there. And then you'll just be more deeply integrated into our universe and this, you know, Footprint Network family. Let me ask you a question, Robin and, and Frank. When you talk about content, are you looking for something that's 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 12 minutes? Does it matter how long it is? We don't, all we don't worry demand? about we don't worry about length. It could be okay. 12 minutes. It could be 13 minutes. I mean, you know, it could be, you know, some of our stuff is traditional 22 minutes. Um, you know, it's really it's really open. Um, it, it's length really as long as as long as it makes sense and it looks good and sounds great. We have feature films on there. We have short films. We have 15-minute comedies. We have traditional 22-minute comedies. Um, you know, we have sporting events, which are we also live stream, Robin and I, live, live stream sports on, uh, on the platform. So, you know, those are two-hour things. So we're really pretty much open to everything and all. And it's all on demand, correct? So that's why it doesn't yes. matter how long it is. See, yeah. that's that's exactly. the beauty. You're not bounded. You're not in a box of we have to have 22 minutes. Yeah, we don't, three commercials. we don't. We don't want to put. That was the problem we experienced at NBC. You know, this has to be. This has to come in at 48 minutes because we need to fill 12 minutes of commercials in. We don't have those problems. So if you're creatively only coming up with 14, you know, 14 minutes. If it's a solid 14 minutes. I mean, why not? 
Terrific. Well, I'm, um, we're almost out of time. We have three minutes left till the end. And I just want to say thank you to all of you. And I'm going to ask for a, a closing message. Marie, let's start with you. Uh, about 45 seconds. Marie, we're getting a little feedback on your line. But Marie, what's your closing message to anybody who thinks they're not fearless, they're not curious, they're not interested, or they don't know how to find their yes or their why or whatever you want to call it. They're not risk takers, but they think there is a voice inside. There's something in their personality that says, there's more to my life. I want to go find it. Marie, I'll give you 30 seconds. What's your message to them? Robin, you're next. Well, we all have a voice in us. We just have to be reminded, like Morgan Freeman reminded me, and we all, and we we have to all remember is we all come through this world barefoot and we all stumble and fall and we all make mistakes. We learn, we, you know, but we each have the power within us to rise tall each day and go find that. Yes. You just got to believe in yourself. Thank you very much. 30 seconds, Robin Adams. What's your advice for people who think there's more? I like to tell people to follow their passions. A lot of people think that their passions, everybody has one. But a lot of people I found think that their passion isn't, oh, it's just, you know, an idea in my head. I've met so many people that have followed their passions and it becomes, you know, the new life of it. Follow your passions, follow your gut instinct. Um, It will never lead you wrong. It may lead you to a place where, okay, you may not be initially successful, but that stumbling block or that roadblock is there for a reason to help you go forward. So when you get the roadblock, just figure out a way to get over it around it. Climb over it. Put your, put your track shoes on. It. Frank Fernandez, last word, 30 seconds. Go ahead, real fast. La- My advice is life is not a dress rehearsal. If you want your dreams to come true, go get it. Put that gown on, put that tux on, go have dinner in a diner, make the bacon crisp, make the rye bread crisp, put the butter on the side, make sure those eggs are over easy, but not too hard. I want to thank all of you. Marie Pisano, love talking to you. Not over. Thank you. I've done that. Marie Pisano, love you. No, you just got to put on your stilettos and kick down doors. Well, of course the stilettos go with the gown in the diner. Come on, what do you think I was wearing after dancing at the Garden City Hotel in an evening gown? I went to a diner, everybody said, what? Anyway, why not have breakfast at 11 p.m. dressed in formal wear? It's the best thing to do. I miss the diners on Long Island. I'm AKA Radio Red. Thank you, Marie Pisano. Thank you, Robin Adams. Thank you, Frank Fernandez. I'm honored you've all shared this hour with me and that you graced my opening show here on the Variety Channel. We have to do a shout out to our engineer, Andrew, at Voice America Variety. Thank you, Andrew. You have shepherded us through my first hour on Variety. Thank you to Jeff Spinard, the CEO of Voice America, for bringing my show over to Variety. Thank you to Ryan. Ryan Treasure VP and my good friend in radio and tech for always being there for me. And I'm going to say Robin and, and Frank and Marie, let's all do the big moi kiss. We've got about 15 seconds here. This is a kiss for everybody to stay safe, stay well, and don't stop thinking creatively and risk-taking, even if you have to do it in your own four walls until we can all get back to the new normal. So here we go. Let's do a moi. And make like, it the, a moi. like the dating game. Here we go. There we go. Big moi. Mwah. Good night, all. Radio Red Sun. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week.